guys. This is awesome. I love what God is doing here. I'm Mark, one of the pastors down at Veritas, Iowa City, and what a privilege. You know, the older I get, the more I convince, become convinced that one of my main jobs as a pastor is I'm like the church historian. My job is to show up with a little notepad, watch God do stuff, and just write it down. And then get invited 10 years later to open my little notebook and speak of the things that God has done and just tell about it. The miracle that I want to talk about this morning is this miracle called Veritas Church here in Cedar Rapids. My notepad's filling up and and you have this sense that the video could keep going, right? I mean, your stories, the, the number of stories like Psalm 40 says, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you have planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. The video would be too long if we were to actually try to speak of all the things. But this morning, I want to reflect on this miracle that you just saw in the video. Here's my question. If if Jesus could be here this morning... Jesus walks in the back. We, we're kind of quiet. We, I'm like, guys, Jesus is here. He walks down the aisle. I'm like, Jesus. Here, let me sit down. I want you to share this morning. What do you think on our 10-year anniversary? What do you want to say to us? Don't you want to hear from Jesus? Let me take off the mic and what's he going to say? I have great news. We've got the red letters. Let's hear from the Lord. This is Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town to the place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Instructions to his disciples as he sends them out on a mission trip. Now, some of you guys might might think you know where this sermon's going. Let's be a church on mission. Let's share the gospel. Let's pray the 1002 prayer. Raise up workers. That's not where this is going. He gives some instructions to them. And and my focus this morning is not on the sending out of the disciples, but on the coming back of the disciples. Because that's appropriate for our context. We kind of have seen Jesus do work and now we're coming back. What does Jesus think? What does he want to say to us? Verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Having preached the kingdom, sure enough, everything that Jesus promised would happen did happen. The gospel went out, the kingdom went out, people were 
miracles happen, incredible success, and the disciples, like us this morning, were eager to celebrate with Jesus all of the things that they had done in his name. You know, I remember at one point, uh, we had outgrown the bar pretty quickly, and we went to every place in the Cedar Rapids area. I mean, we went to middle schools, high schools, hotels, everywhere. And we ended up going to the Paramount Theater. And I remember, this is like nine years ago, and I remember going into the Paramount. And you know, it's beautifully renovated. I think got some money after the flood and made this just incredible theater. You guys, you've seen it. You've been there. Uh, unless you didn't make it into the Easter service because they didn't let you. It was, too, it was too crowded. I remember standing in that just a sea of open, empty seats, standing on the stage, just looking out. Just thinking, God, I know this is ridiculous because we're going to put our little group of a couple hundred people in here. That's not going to work. But someday, Lord. And then I talked to Jake after Easter Sunday. Amazing, amazing to see thousands and thousands of people fill that theater. And I imagine this morning, we're talking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, look at the crowds of people that gathered to celebrate the resurrection. Isn't that awesome? Look at all you've done. That's how the disciples were. Jesus, the demons were subject to us in your name. It was awesome. In verse 18, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. It's a random thing for Jesus to say, right? I think what he's saying is this. He's like, guys, I understand how cool it is when God shows up and does stuff. I was there in heaven when Satan got kicked out. I have seen the power of the kingdom of God and I understand this, this amazing spiritual power that is being given to you in my name. But look at verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but... Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Did you guys catch that? The disciples are all stoked about all the things that God has done. Like, Jesus, you see the crowds? You see the video? Isn't that cool? All the things that you have accomplished through us. And Jesus says to them, do not rejoice in that. Jesus, look at all we did. The souls we've won, the disciples we've made, the churches we've planted. And Jesus is like, don't rejoice in any of that. Why? Because there's something better to rejoice about. I don't think he's saying don't rejoice in that. He's using a contrast here to say, I'm going to show you something better to rejoice in. Rejoice in this. Your names are written in heaven. 
There is something better than ministry success. There is something better than all the material and spiritual prosperity in the world. You ready for it? Your salvation. That's the miracle. That's the cooler thing than watching someone get healed. It's watching a dead person come to life. And that's you. That's you. That's the miracle on your 10-year anniversary that Jesus wants to talk about and draw attention to. My name, Mark Arendt, is written in the book of life. That's amazing. Never get over that. Jesus is saying, hey, disciples, the tendency will be you're going to get so good at sharing the gospel with other people that you're going to forget to preach it to yourself. You're going to get so caught up in the mega churches that you plant that you forget. I'm a Christian. That's a miracle. In your success or in your failure, all that matters is your identity. You belong to Jesus Christ. I'm loved. Jesus here is protecting them from one of the most dangerous and deadly sins that comes as a result of success. That's pride. Pride in our success. Look at what we have done. And we start talking about our church, Veritas. We kind of get the hype going. We're like, look at all that we have done. And there could be a tendency to get excited about the brand. Veritas. We start telling people about Veritas, this cool church that we go to. They got cool music. The preaching's great. You're going to love it. Like Veritas. We make our mugs and t-shirts and we kind of get the hype train going. Everyone, get on the Veritas hype train. Here's what I'm telling you this morning. Don't get on board the Veritas hype train. Who cares about our name? I don't want to be the conductor this morning, getting you all excited about the last 10 years and the next 10 years. What I want to say this morning is, What matters this morning is not our success and our accomplishments, but what Jesus has accomplished in you. The person sitting in your chair is here this morning, and that's what should make you rejoice and laugh, because that's hilarious, isn't it? Isn't it hilarious that you're here this morning? I want you to stop right now and think about all the events of your life that transpired to get you to this place. I mean, it was your mom and dad. It was you coming into the world. Maybe it was a good situation. Maybe it was a terrible situation. 
your childhood, the events of your childhood. Maybe it was a great childhood. Maybe it was a terrible childhood. Think about your struggles. Think about the dark ages of middle school years. Trying to find a place to sit at lunch. All the insecurities, all the stupid things you did as a teenager. And here you are, sitting in this chair. That's hilarious. That's what Jesus wants to talk to you about this morning. You are here. And that's a miracle, isn't it? And we know the danger of success because Jesus, in in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he reminded his people, he's like, here's what's going to happen, guys. Here's what's going to happen. You guys are going to move into this promised land that I'm giving you. And you're going to eat from fig trees that you didn't plant. You're going to drink water from cisterns that you didn't dig. And here's what's going to happen. You are going to get proud because you're going to think it was our righteousness that brought us here. Like, of course, we're better than the Moabites and all those pagan nations that don't know God and wave their colored flags. And like, here we are and we figured it out. And Jesus, Deuteronomy is like, no. It's not your righteousness. It's my grace. That's why we're here. That's how we got here. And that's a miracle. So Jesus in John 10, 20 is protecting us from pride in our success, but also discouragement in our failure. Here's what I mean by that. When God called Isaiah, the great prophet, into this ministry. He revealed himself. This is Isaiah 6. And he he sees God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And God says, he cleanses him. He says, who will will we send for us? And Isaiah's like, here I am, Lord. Send me. I want to go. And so God says, all right, all right, you want to go? Here's the ministry I'm going to give you. You're going to preach the you're going to preach my word to my people. Nobody's going to listen. Remember Jesus quotes us that people are going to be ever hearing, but never understanding, ever seeing, but never perceiving. The city's going to be desolate. Like your preaching is going to clear out the crowds of people. And he said, it's going to, the tree's going to be down to a stump by the time you're done preaching. That's how good your preaching is going to be. Everyone's going to leave. And Isaiah's like, uh, how long am I going to have this ministry? He's like, well, until it's a stump. And we know that the, the branch that came out of the stump, Jesus is coming, line of David, all that. Isaiah didn't know that, but he's like, okay, Lord. It was a ministry of great failure that was handed to Isaiah. So why do I bring this up? Because here's my question. This is a problem. If we celebrate the wrong thing this morning, if we celebrate our success and the crowds and the brand and the worship albums and the hype of our church, what are we going to do when the crowds clear out? And on our 20-year anniversary, you know, because Jake keeps preaching the word and, you know, like the last couple weeks, sacred gender, 
Oh, that, that's real popular, isn't it? I listen. If you haven't heard that, those sermons, I mean, amazing. We've already got our men's and women's groups going through that. My whole family's listened to those sermons. My kids, all, we're like, I've listened to them three times. Like, oh, that's what it means to be a man. Uh, it's awesome. Really good. But if, if Jake and Michael and Jordan and the elders keep preaching the word, what happens when the crowd starts thinning out? Because it's, people don't like that. And in 20 years, we gather for our 20-year anniversary. And they're like, hey, Mark, can you come back up and tell the same stories you've been telling about the bar for the last one? Uh, you know, but there's only like a few people here. What am I going to say to that little remnant of Christ followers if we've been celebrating the hype, but it's gone? You know what sermon I'm going to give? The same one. I would be like, guys, this is hilarious. You guys are Christians. You're still here. And they're going to start laughing. And the, yeah, I know the choir is still going to be here in the band. We're going to have great worship. as just a few of us. But we won't care. Because we're Christians. And it's going to be Hilarious to worship in our shrinking church. And we're going to laugh and rejoice just like today. How is that possible? Because we know who we are. Our names are written in heaven. Success or failures, what matters is not what we have accomplished for God, but what he has accomplished for us on the cross. And this doesn't just apply to ministry. It applies to moms and dads. Maybe you did a great job as a parent. Maybe you've got a lifetime of regrets. It applies to engineers and teachers and elders. What matters this morning, what should make you laugh is that you are a Christian. That's hilarious. You are a Christian before you are a mom. You are a Christian before you are an employee. You are a Christian before you are an athlete. You are a Christian before you are a pastor or an elder, or a connection group leader. Do not rejoice that the demons submit. Rejoice in this. Your names are written in heaven. And look at what he does next, verse 21. In that same hour, he rejoiced, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. This, Jesus is rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. He's at least smiling at this point. Have you ever wondered, did Jesus laugh? I think this would be one of those moments where he's laughing as he says this. I thank you, Father. And he's got his disciples here. They're just back from their mission trip. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. I love the message translation. It says, you have hidden these things from the sophisticated know-it-alls. And you have revealed them to little children, yes, Father, 
for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We are not the high IQ, smart, sophisticated know-it-alls who reasoned our way to Jesus. No. The miracle is that Jesus revealed it to us. That's why we're here. That's how we got here. It's not that we figured it out. It's that he brought us here. And when you remember your own salvation, you, like Jesus, will start laughing and be like, this is hilarious. I think about the miracles, one of the great miracles of Veritas happened um, about nine years ago. Um, Jeff Thune and I, one of the founding pastors of Veritas uh, in Iowa City, um, Cedar Ra- and Cedar Rapids, who's a big part of this, we were on a plane going down to Phoenix. Uh, the church was growing. We, we were driving up to preach at the Chrome Horse and at the hotel, first service at nine o'clock. And then we would hop in a car and drive down to Iowa City and preach at the next service down there. We're like, this is not working. And these people, this, they, this, this church needs local pastors, elders. So I uh, went down to Phoenix and, and tried to convince Jake and Marcy. Uh, Marcy was a good friend of my wife's. They, uh, she was in our wedding. And so we had these connections also related to one of our uh, elders, his wife. And so uh, anyway... Uh, we ended up down trying to convince Jake and Marcy to come to Iowa City. They said no. His brother-in-law, Eric, called him like, Jake, pray about this. Are you sure about this? We kept begging him to come. And one of the things that they said in the process was, you know, Iowa City, we're just not the like cool, hip kind of people. You know, we're not the Whole Foods kind of people. We're more like Walmart people. I'm like, you guys are perfect for Cedar Rapids, you know? (laughs) He's like, we don't wear Lululemons. We wear Levi's. Whatever you can get at Walmart. And last week when Jake was talking about trying to spell waffle and sounded it out, I'm like, man, that's our guy, right? That is our guy. And what I want to say is, welcome to Veritas. If you're the smartest person in this room this morning, you're in the wrong room. Like, find a different church. Because this is like, we're not the sophisticated know-it-alls. We say this all the time, too. If If you love Veritas Church, like, get to know us. Just give us time. We'll disappoint you. It's like pretty, pretty strong guarantee. We're kind of simple. We preach the Bible. We celebrate Jesus. No one had Cedar Rapids as a dot on their map. Like, we just got to get to Cedar Rapids. But Jesus did. And he loves this church. I think if he were here this morning, he'd be like, this is so awesome. I love this place. God loves it. 
And let's be a church that laughs about that. Jake already said it. There's people that pray more than we do. There's people that fast more than we do. There's people that memorize the Bible more than we do, that never miss their daily devotions, that live holy lives and never say bad words. And they're actually godly, holy men and women of God. And they don't ever get to see the kind of stuff we're seeing. Isaiah didn't. And what we do? It's not our righteousness, church. It's Jesus. And let's be a church that laughs about that. Let's keep it that way. At the risk of saying something that might be a little confusing, I'm going to say it anyway, because I think you'll get what, I'm, what I mean when I say this. You ready for it? You can take the church out of the bar, but you can't take the bar out of the church. Now, here's what could be confusing. If you've been spending too much time in the bar, like get out of the bar, right? Okay, like a lot of you have been saved from all kinds of addictions and alcohol. They like this. You get what I'm saying here, though? Here's what I mean by this. You can take the church out of the bar, but you can't take the bar out of the church. What I mean is we know where we came from. We're not so far removed from our life before Jesus that we've forgotten what we've been saved from. We resist the urge to try to sit at the cool kids' table to try to make the message palatable to this culture, to say things so we won't be cast out. Like, no, we we get it. We're not a country club church. Like, come and we'll meet all your needs. Like, we're like the Costco of churches. Like, you name it, we've got it. No, like, we don't come here to be more comfortable. We come here to be real Christians who follow Jesus. So if you're thinking about being a part of this church for the next 10 years, just know that's a dangerous decision. Jesus didn't come to make you safe. He came to make you dangerous because you're following him. You're following a person, not a bunch of just programs. We're following Jesus. And, you know, they're going to get up here. Someone's going to get over a microphone and say, hey, you know, the Lord's calling us, we think, to plant a church somewhere else or to, you know, give a lot of money for this next thing. And what we're going to expect, what the leaders are going to expect is that a bunch of people in the crowd are going to be like, wow, that sounds like a good idea. I wonder if I should change careers in my 50s and move to this place and be a part of this new thing that God is doing or... I wonder if God's calling me to crack open my 401k or sell a property or do something crazy for the kingdom. That sounds like a pretty good idea. That's Veritas. A bunch of radical Jesus-following disciples, Jesus freaks. That's what I mean by You can take the church out of the bar, but you can't take the bar out of the church. Like we love sinners and we we love the kingdom. We understand what we've been saved from and it's changed us. It's changed our purpose. We know who we are. We can laugh with Jesus about how he chose us, but really changes how we live and how we see the world. Want other people to know him.
You know, this this morning is not about nostalgia, about the good old days of being in the bar. You guys, I was there. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, it's, we don't want to go back. This is way better. This morning is about taking you back to your own God story and your own testimony and just reminding you that you are a Christian. And that's hilarious. And this morning, I want you to reflect on the miracle of your own testimony. And maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, wait, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I don't know if my name's written in heaven. How do I get my name written in heaven? It's so simple. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. By his sacrifice, through his blood, he will forgive all your sins and cleanse you. By transferring your trust, turning away from your sin, and transferring your trust to Jesus Christ, you will be saved. John 5, 24, whoever hears my word, that's you right now, and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. They have crossed over from death to life. This morning, if you want your name written in heaven, it's a great day to transfer your trust to Jesus. Would you pray with me? I want you to just remember for a moment your own testimony. How did that happen? How did you become a follower of Jesus Christ? Just remember that, that time that Jesus forgave all your sins. Just remember this morning the miracle that you are a Christian and Maybe even remember your own baptism. What was that day like? Jesus, this is, this morning is a morning to remember the greatest miracle of all. Not the crowds, not this Veritas church, it's awesome, but Just remind us that we are loved. We are accepted. We know Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Let's worship.